we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello, and welcome to another enchanting episode of The Nonsense Bazaar. We're your hosts. I'm Willow Truman. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. Today, we'll be exploring what, if anything, connects Rapunzel to the ancient art of alchemy. Oh, a little, another little fairy tale episode. I like a good good tale every now and then. Our last one was The Tin Man. Not really a fairy tale, but, you know. Pretty, basically. Basically. Yeah, no, yeah. a nice little fairy tale to wash the grease off. It's important to be told a story every now and then. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to journey with our golden-haired hero. We're going to examine the stages of spiritual development that she undergoes, the challenging experiences she faces, and ultimately, the inner union of her masculine and feminine aspects, how that enables her to live her best life and be a boss bitch. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, we're going to talk about things like- uh, Rapunzel the girl boss? Yep. Okay. The tower, you know, as a metaphor for spiritual ascent and descent, the- the origins of the tale Rapunzel itself, where does it come from? How does it date back to third century? Oh, damn. Yeah, a That's long old. time ago. So by unraveling the threads of this fairy tale, we're going to uncover some spiritual lessons that will maybe, hopefully, guide us on our own paths of self-discovery and personal transformation. It's too late for that. Too late for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see if it's too late because we're going to pull our tarot card now that we'll talk about at the end of the episode. You know, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I chose this. For me. I chose Rapunzel because I kind of relate to her. Like she just, I could have chosen any fairy tale really to sure. do this, um, to do this episode, but I like her. F- fair enough. Do you have any fairy tales that you like relate to? Oh, I'm sure I do. What, is, what are some fairy tales? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Peter Pan, Pinocchio, uh, Snow White. Beauty and the Beast. I mean, are we just talking Disney movies? I don't know. That's the ones that are coming to my mind. If we're mind. talking Disney movies, then I'm all about that Robin Hood and that Jungle Book. Yeah. And both those movies use the, a lot of the same animation cells, mm-hmm. funnily enough. But that that's my shit. I mean, I guess a fairy tale is really like any fairy- folk tale. I mean, the three little pigs. That's kind of like a... It's more of a folk tale than a fairy tale. Like, um... I'm just gonna fucking say Watership Down. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I'm sure I do, but I'm put on the spot. I ain't got shit. Yeah, we'll count that. Yeah. I don't know. I've always related to like Rapunzel, Alice in Wonderland, um, The Little Mermaid. I yeah. loved, you know, because I had red hair and I like to sing. So, you know, also feeling a little bit separate from the world, a little different from everyone else. It's kind of a theme in these fairy tales. Oh, definitely. Also, in Disney movies, nobody ever has a fucking mom. No, no. And I'm like, I kind of relate to that. I mean, I do, but I don't. It's a long story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's complicated. Yes, complicated. complicated Just like Rapunzel. Yeah. So, we're going to pull our tarot card. All right, let's do it. Death. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, that fits with the theme of uh, transformation. Yeah, it's part of the... The alchemical stages in the tarot. Yep. Yeah. Very appropriate. Yeah, the backstage. Um, (laughs) Fuck. Isn't that the Apollo? 
is what the black stage (laughs) are you making a joke i don't know yeah no i'm I'm, I'm attempting to (laughs) if it landed but like it landed for someone but not for me i didn't understand i feel like the apollo is like that was like a black theater Uh uh-huh it's it's like the black performers (laughs) (laughs) okay i I could have said like uh, you mean like soul train Something like that (laughs) (laughs) yes that yeah there you go (laughs) oh fuck i mean we are gonna have a a black stage because as i go (laughs) as i go through the seven stages of alchemy they're all going to be highlighted by like black disco artists pretty much so (laughs) (laughs) you bringing up soul train is not too far off from what's what's happening here right Anyway, we'll talk about that card at the end of the episode. Surely will. Yeah. There's a light in my life shining over me. There's a light in my life shining over me. Yeah. Let your blessings from above fill me with my precious love. So what is alchemy? Turn lead and gold. Yes, but no, but yes. Turn turn stuff into small, other stuff. Turn a bunch of small diamonds into one big diamond. Yeah, it's an ancient practice. It's old, and it encompasses a wide range of esoteric and spiritual spiritual traditions, chemistry, philosophy, mysticism. It kind of like all these things are sort of wrapped up into alchemy. Yeah. And alchemical fingerprints, they're they're all over the history of human knowledge and creativity, our art, our literature, our science, our medicine. A lot of this, you know, it has ties to the alchemical tradition. So where does it come from? It originated in Hellenistic Egypt with strong influences from Greece, Egypt, the Middle East. And one of the reasons why alchemy is so confusing is because of its diverse history and how fucking old it is. Like, it contains all of these different schools of thoughts that have evolved over centuries. It's like the longest game of telephone ever. Kind of like Judaism. You know, like, <laughs> the OG Judaism is not right. what it is now. It's right, broken right, right. off into so many different branches. Like, these ancient traditions sort of become their own things that then form different meanings over time. Yeah. So, from the early Greek and Egyptian alchemists to medieval European alchemists... And now, modern-day practitioners, like, when Jung wrote his volume of work, Psychology and Alchemy, that really changed the game because now it introduces this idea of, like, thinking about the alchemical process as something that can be applied to human transformation and psychology, like, applying that to your dream states. What do these symbols say about the collective unconscious and so on and so forth? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, one way... To understand um, alchemy, like what it means, is to break down the etymology of the word itself. I think that's a good place to start, too. Well, it has its roots in the ancient Greek word kamea, meaning cast together, pouring together, which was a term adopted by ancient Egyptians. So from the Greeks to the Egyptians. Yeah, like we learned about when we covered the Kybalion. Keme, 
meaning black earth. Okay. Referring to the fertile soil of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the, the black earth is what things grow out of, what right. creates things. Yeah. yeah. Negredo, the black stage. In alchemy, there are four stages. You know, there's um, there's black, there's white, there's yellow, there's red. Oh, is, is that in order? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, death card's very appropriate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the beginning of the... It's odd how death is almost like the beginning. Well, yeah, because the dead things are fertilizer. Right, exactly. And from there, you can be reborn. Yeah. So like in this instance, death is really a very positive thing. Or at least it doesn't signal a complete end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the word alchemy as we know it today emerged after the Arabs adopted the term and added the Arabic definite article al to the beginning, forming alchemia. Like they do. Yes. Then this Arabic term was translated into Latin as alchemia, which eventually evolved into the English word alchemy. And the etymology of alchemy thus basically mirrors the practice itself. You know, a diverse history throughout <laughs> countries that developed over the centuries to become what it is. Being cast together and... F- yeah, you, literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of the fertile soil. And then passed on to the English and now here we are. Making it all about ourselves. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yep. Yep. <sighs> because, you know, throughout those centuries, alchemists have sought to achieve a number of things. Transform base metals into noble metals like gold. You know, discover the elixir of life and... <clears throat> yes, achieve spiritual enlightenment. I know. I know there are material alchemists that are rolling their eyes at me. The people who are dying to tell me right now that this whole spiritualizing of the work has gotten way out of hand. And I know. I know it has. So I'm acknowledging you now to get this out of the way. I love making a fake person and then beating the shit out of them. Yeah. You know? No, someone's out there. I know. They're going, hey, wait, wait. Yeah, wait, yeah, but. Yeah. Wait, oh, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. But that's not what we're doing here. We're spiritualizing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> For the purposes of our conversation today. Because or where maybe we're meta- metaphorizing. Yes. We're abstracting. Exactly. Yeah. Because while some might argue this imaginary person that, you know, the spiritualization of alchemy, it's, it's gone too far. It's a misunderstanding. It's fucking scarecrow. It's also important to recognize that throughout most of history, the study of the physical world, science, medicine, inherently linked to religion and spirituality. Of course. Yeah. Intrinsically. So although alchemists were indeed involved in the actual scientific and chemical processes, the spirituality in alchemy was grounded in the observation of these processes. Yeah, it's sort of inherent to the work because it was like... Right. The separation wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the laws of physics, the, the things that were being observed, that was seen as the fingerprints of the divine. Right. You know, alchemy was considered the study of the immortal essences that compose the world, a way to understand our creator. It's always been kind of spiritual. Yeah, I mean, the separation of things into being spiritual and being not spiritual is a fairly recent development, as far as I can understand. Yes. So the notion of alchemy as like a purely spiritual thing largely emerged from Baroque thinkers who romanticized the work of historical alchemists, you know, like... They transformed it from this spiritualized proto-chemistry that wasn't all about, you know, the inner essence, the divine God, whatever, and and turned it into a literal spiritual metaphor and just removed all of the scientific stuff. Right, right, right. No, it's not about science. It's not about 
actually like doing experiments but no but it is it's about both well you know what they say if it ain't broke don't fix it oh my god (laughs) that was good that was terrible yeah so um yeah this this image of the alchemist as a mystic most likely didn't really exist until you know the period the rise of the rosicrucians Mm -hmm. but nonetheless um the study of alchemy it's tied in with spirituality because everything that was a proto science or whatever was tied in with spirituality yeah 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 so then why am I creating a bridge between alchemy and fairy tales? I don't know. It just intuitively makes sense to me to do that. Fair enough. You know? Hell yeah. Um, both alchemy and fairy tales share a deep connection to exploring the unknown, the human quest for understanding. Well, I'll also, I'll throw this out there. Like in um, like the Splendor Solis and shit, like the alchemical recipes are presented as these pictures. Yeah. That are very fantastical and very, you know, dreamlike and, and otherworldly. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a it's a packed allegorical piece of art that, yeah, like that a, tells you what the recipe is in a in a code, right? Right. A painting yeah. that represents a, a recipe. Right. There's such like deep symbolism right. baked into these I things. I think that's the connection. Yeah, both into alchemy and fairy tales. Right. And they both focus on like transformative journeys of characters. Like in fairy tales, there's always some like poor little, you know, downtrodden orphan or whatever that then ends up getting their chance with the prince or whatever. Like yeah. somehow someone is able to overcome absolutely horrid circumstances. Usually they might have to like chop off their own foot first. I have to, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's enough. They get the joke. They get, you only need... Oh, it's cutting off body parts. Hell the yeah. law of equivalent exchange. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So yeah, alchemy, you know, it focuses on the transmutation of metals into gold and blah, blah, blah. It's, to me, it just makes sense. It's a lot like... These characters and fairy tales overcoming their conditions in order to have a happily ever after, sure. so to say. And that is the great work. Because when does the happily ever after, like, really come in Hopefully real life? Hopefully next week. I don't know. You yeah. know? it. I've been praying for it. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, also, like, fairy tales are, are sort of like a... Just like the alchemical paintings in the Splendors, at least they're like a way of... Um, compressing information to store it like a understanding the world around us yeah um it's a it's a zip file it is or for um for a world with an unreliable way to to store information to pass it pass it down Mm -hmm. you know folk tales fairy tales definitely one way of doing that pack pack shit in there pack lessons in there right so i want to bring up something that was said by helena petrovna blavatsky old hot peanut butter yep founder of theosophy She identifies three audiences for fairy tales, each of whom finds a different purpose and meaning in the tales. Okay. And I just want to bring that up before we go into the story of Rapunzel and talk about it so that, you know, we can bear in mind, like, what, which audience do we want to belong to as we listen to the story? Well, the first audience, children, the nursery, those with a sense of wonder and delight in the story, you know? By the way, not age restricted. Anybody can be part of the nursery. These are people who go to fairy tales to get an escape from ordinary life. Okay. You know, it's for entertainment, escapism. Fairy tales allow this audience to recover a sense of newness, freshness, you know, maybe go back to 
viewing the world like they did when they were a kid. Maybe yeah. that's why they like fairy tales. Yeah, yeah. They just want to be entertained and escape. They give them the consolation of a happy ending, you know? Yeah. Possibility of fantasy. It's yeah, nice. fuck yeah, I love it. Yeah. Second audience, priests. Priestly audience. Anyone who pontificates. Those who interpret the stories as history or literal accounts and take the stories and integrate them into a greater mythos and try to use it to justify um, their beliefs. Sure. Uh, support whatever dogmas they want to advance. Um, you know, whether that's religious, scientific, economic, philosophical, these people, they're looking at fairy tales and myths through that perspective. So that's what you're doing here. Um, I'm doing a little bit of all of them. Okay. The third audience are the real seekers. Ooh. Oh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> shut up, Helen. Yeah. <laughs> Those who recognize that fairy tales have an inner meaning. A meaning about what goes on inside of us, within our minds, our psyches. This audience knows that every real fairy tale is a story that we experience in the depths of our own being. Like, these these are not just tales. Like, sure. They're guidebooks to experiences that we have. I don't know. I think you can let those second two just be like subconscious appreciations. Right. We've lost the sense of cool for cool's sake. No, I like this perspective, though. She says that the true protagonist in every fairy tale is actually the person who's reading or listening to it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, I, I can dig that. I can dig that quite I'm a like, bit. like, okay, cool. So, yeah, you know, just keep those in mind while you uh, listen to the story of Rapunzel, which before we're going to go into, we got to go over the seven stages of alchemy. I thought there was four. Oh, there's seven. Son of a bitch. <laughs> because isn't it appropriate that I just brought up HPB and Theosophy? Yeah. Because ev that, everything I, in Theosophy. Didn't we already is seven. say there was four? No, there's seven. There's four stages in alchemy, the Negredo, White, but that's not the, the stages that we're talking about, actually. Fuck me. Yep. Okay. We're talking about a seven stage framework. We're kicking it up a notch. You know, we could talk about that, that four stage transformation, but that's a different thing. Okay. Where does the seven stage come from? Well, it comes from the process that happens when you are trying to make okay. Philosopher's Stone. Right. These are the seven stages that you have to go through to purify the prima materia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to say. I'll explain what that is soon. I know what that is. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> so the alchemical process, I mean, you could divide it up any number of ways. There's different ways of doing things. But typically, you'll see a seven-stage division, okay. each representing a different aspect of transformation. So, let's go over each of them. All right. First one, calcination. Okay. This is the initial stage, the alchemical process, the black stage, negredo. Mm-hmm. Calcination involves the heating and breaking down of a substance to remove impurities. The first four stages basically represent the, the four elements in okay. order. This is fire. This is the, the fire that ignites things. It's a process of an intense heat burning. And through the burning, it purifies and transforms the material being worked with into something more pure. It burns it all down into ash, purified ash. And this term calcination comes from the Latin word calciner, meaning to burn. Okay. Word. So, yeah, the ash is like the purified essential components of that prime material. You know, that's that starting base, the, the black soil. And the remaining impurities of 
more or less been burned off. You got that that ash. So it sounds like the opposite of what actually happens. Shake that ass. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, basically a metaphorical burning away of the old and unnecessary to make space for new growth. Um, and the heat, you know, the fire, it's intense. This first stage, like, it, that's hot. It yeah. hurts. You're getting burned to a crisp. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. So... But whatever this calcination process is, this intense burning, this pressure, this heat, that's going to be what forms the foundation for the entire rest of the alchemical process. All right. So what's a, what little like musical motif can we think of when we think of calcination? I thought this one was perfect. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Disco Inferno. Yeah. So burn, baby, burn. We we burned it. Now we got to dissolve all the ash that's left over. Right. Second stage, dissolution. Ah. So in the dissolution stage, we're going to take that, that purified essential component, all that burned down ash that was revealed through calcination, dissolve that in liquid, usually like water or alcohol. Yeah. A breaking down and dissolving of the old form so that new forms can emerge. And of course, fire, now water. So yeah, dissolution, this stage is like, it's the process of emotional, psychological breakdown. <laughs> you know, you're taking away all that ash, that that burned up stuff, and you're just going to like dissolve that so it can be broken down and you can really observe it for what it is. Yeah. You know, it's a process of, of letting go. You're dissolving into the unknown so that you can discover the new, whatever new things there are to find. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, associated with the element of water, you know, because water breaks shit down. Also, symbolically, water typically related to emotions. I mean, the whole, the cups suit in tarot is related yeah, it's to all, water. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That all has to do with the emotional body. Um, so yeah, the dissolution stage, very critical. This is when you access the hidden potential within yourself that you didn't know was there. After all of that, that burning, that fire that you didn't know you could get through. Now you're starting to find out some new things about yourself. <clears throat> you're starting to find out some new things about yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Things that maybe you didn't know were in there. Things you didn't know you could do. Um, emotions you didn't know you had because you hadn't accessed them before. So you've tossed out and burned down all the shit that, that doesn't matter. You need to get rid of and you will survive. And that's how I imagine the dissolution stage. It's like someone that has decided that they're going to start this process of transforming themselves, which is really fucking hard. It's really yeah. hard to admit to yourself that, like, I need to change. There are things about myself that need to change. Yeah. And to take a good, hard look at yourself and be like, yeah, need to let go of that. But I'm still good. Like, I still love myself and I've still got more growth to go. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know? Being very watery. You're in the waters of self-examination. Sure. Which then brings us to separation, the third stage. So after the dissolution process, separation involves isolating the 
pure components of the substance from the impure. All of these stages, it's basically doing the same process like over and over again until you get to the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like breaking it down, building it back up, breaking it down, building it back up until eventually it's a diamond, you know? Sure. So separation, it's like um, it's like a miner panning for gold in a river, you know, like just as the miner sort of sifting through the sediment, looking for a little glint of gold. This is in the alchem the alchemical process. You're you're separating the essential and valuable components from the rest. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna yeah. refine. You're gonna purify. It's really um, this is the stage where you recognize like, okay, that was hard. You know, the fire. Then it's almost like being burned and then drowning in emotions and like, oh, shit, okay, I've, I've faced it all. Now I have to do the act of discerning what to let go of and what to keep. I actually have to, like, start yeah, to apply a, yeah, the work. decisions, choices. Right. And this, of course, is like the an airy aspect. Right. It's like... Uh, this is yeah. when you're starting to put shit into action. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're you're really starting. You're getting there. You haven't quite yet. The next stage, which represents Earth conjunction, is really when you're you're sort of you've gone through the first four, which is almost like your mini rebirth, and then you're gonna have your big rebirth. Okay. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but this is the stage where um, you're ready to transform. You're starting to let go. You're starting to put things more into action. You want to break free. Well, it's interesting, like, you know, in the Kabbalah with a Q, um, Yetzirah, the world of formation is associated with air. And if you, like, look at the tarot, all the air cards, the swords, are have have to do with everything but formation. Yeah. It's all about cutting away. Right. It's all about removal. Yeah. Which is... It's, Letting go. Which is formation out of, like, you know, carving wood rather than molding clay right like well, it, it's it's creation through separation yeah it makes me think about the process that i'm going through right now in the basement that we're sitting in i'm getting rid of all of this old stuff i've been going through my house i got rid of six bags of clothing last week and i'm making room for something new yeah i'm making room so that we can redo this basement and make it a really awesome hangout space but first i have to go through all this shit i have to do the separation process i ain't complaining it means i don't have to use the reverb remover i know all, the, all this clothing these racks of vintage clothing in the room are great, great for our audio Amazing. quality i love it so much <laughs> so yeah i view the separation stage as breaking free okay yeah literally i want to break free <laughs> no. and that's it no no that's I can't, all you can't support it that's this though yeah, but like, I'm not going any further. Nope. I fucking hate Queen. Not a big fan either, but I just want to put these little musical motifs in here to yeah, help it's, us it's, remember. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, a lot of people like Queen. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I'm such a fucking asshole. My mom made me go see the movie with her. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. It was bad. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't surprise me at all. Show tune ass. Fucking... <laughs> So now we go on to the fourth stage, our mini rebirth conjunction. Oh, this is the unification of the purified components from the previous stages, right? It's the, the harmonious balance 
integration of the conscious and unconscious aspects of yourself, you know, your unconscious being what you uncovered in the waters, your conscious being what you went through when you were doing all your contemplation and letting go in that airy stage. And now you're more or less something new. Right. Individuation yeah. in a Jungian sense. This is a synthesis of, of your ash and, and your emotional body. All, all these things are unified for a fleeting moment, you know? Yeah. This is like a union of opposites as different elements. All of the elements have been combined and blended to create something new and whole. Yes. Yeah. Which then I imagine gets subjected to the same process. Yep. Just over and over again. What did I choose for this? <laughs> god conjunction is like this is the love stage this is like the honeymoon stage of or also in alchemy there's something known as the peacock stage which is when you think you've achieved the great uh, work yeah yeah and you think that you've got it you think you understand yes it. yes everything seems perfect for a moment but um n no not really fair enough so i chose a love song you just you just losing your fucking mind. Yeah. yeah. Hold me closer and I feel no pain in my heart. We got something going on. Well, Kenny you can imagine that Rogers. song playing when you know Dolly Parton Rogers. would make a great Rapunzel. Dolly Parton would make a great anything. She's a hero and a national treasure. Yeah. Kenny fucking Rogers. Would he make a great prince? Oh, I mean, like, depending on who's directing it. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's the, that's the love song honeymoon stage. Yeah. And it is wonderful, but it's not permanent. Because now is the stage of fermentation. Everything's breaking down. Most country songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, things are being transformed yet again into something new. Hey, what are, you, what are you giving you? Play a country song backwards. Get your house, your wife, and your dog back. Oh, my God. <laughs> country songs are sad, though. Oh, yeah. That's why I love them. I do, oh, too. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tragic. Every time. <laughs> so, like, fermentation, right? You can think about wine, you know? You got your cluster of grapes that's hanging down on the vine, and as the grapes ripen, their sugars and other components start to break down. You know, the natural yeast, the... The environment is, is breaking down the grapes so that they can become something entirely new. Yeah. Something with new flavors, aromas, properties. It's it's fundamentally a completely different thing from what it started out as. Absolutely. But it's made out of the same components. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what's happening, you know, if you were to overlay this onto yourself. Yeah. I mean, you can see how long decay changes someone. This is basically the... The process of dying to yourself, you know, the stage sure. of, of breaking down, you got to ferment. And usually there has to be, there's like some fermenting agent, you know, like yeast, bacteria. Something has to be added into the mixture. In Jolene. Order. Yeah. Jolene was added in. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, at this point, uh, you burn, baby burned. Yeah. You've survived. You've broken free. Yeah. You've met your tender love, your island in the stream. Yeah. But you're not done yet. Because now you've got to die to yourself. you got to yet again be fucking reborn. <laughs> Have a, a renewal of, of self yet again. It never fucking ends. You know? Sorry, if you think you're done, you're not done. you got to keep going. Mm. Um, You know? Even more shit has to happen for you to grow. And it's like, 
if the universe was God's vagina, this is the stage where you're crowning. Mm. You're you're starting. You're coming out. You're not out yet, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. God damn it. God damn it. I know. Yeah. I literally, for each of these, I only want you to play like the yeah, split no, second. Yeah, no, I know. I, I saw what was coming. I felt what was coming. Yep. Yep. Okay. It's just a fucking. You coming out. It's just. You coming out. You're, you're being reborn with me again. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fermentation. Yeah. So now, fermentation, you know, honestly, pretty easy compared to distillation. Yeah, I mean, if you fuck it up, you get wood alcohol, and that'll make you go blind. Right. You got to throw out the first bit and the last bit. Oh, distillation, really important part. I mean, this is the last one before the final one, before you coagulate. Mm. You got to distillate. And this is just the the process of heating and cooling, heating and cooling, until eventually, like, all of that that purified vapor steams up and then comes back down, and, and you have been completely... Totally purified. Because, like, what happens when things are distilled, right? Like, alcohol goes yeah. through a distillation process, yeah, oil, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, you ever, you ever uh, seen, you ever made moonshine? No. I have a couple times. It's fun. Yeah. It smells like shit. I didn't make my own mash. My buddy, buddy made a mash. I mean, I imagine that, like, making alcohol is a lot like, I mean, it, it's this process. It's absolutely the best metaphor for the best (laughs) example of this process i can think of yeah distillation this is like your emotional body your behaviors all of that has like come into question but now this is really like the dark night of the soul portion if you want to use that term which is like an eye roll term but it represents a time that we've all we've all been there we've experienced dark nights of the soul sure Every night. This is the distillation process. And this is like, this is spiritual purification. Yeah. This is the deep shit. Yeah. This is like when something really bad happens to you and you have to grow from it. Yeah. Every night. I used another Queen song. Oh, fucking A. Oh, no, this one. I know, this one's fine. Okay. This this song's sick. I don't know what you're talking about. That This is distillation. No, do you under pressure and another one bites the dust fucking rule? Everything else Queen ever touched is dog shit, though. <laughs> fucking garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine that, like, the pressure from the distillation process is, like, that's what's needed for you to become a gem. You know, you need all of that intense heat, pressure, everything that you've been through, all of these various stages of rebirth when you thought you were done in the conjunction process, you know? Well, isn't it, I mean, a distillation requires like a pressure release. That too. Like there is there you have it's a pressure that forces you through the tube, mm-hmm. the twirly tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, the final stage, coagulation. I hate that word. Coagulate. It's a it's gross co- word. Onomatopoeia. It's another fucking gross onomatopoeia. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the solidification and crystallization of the transformed substance. Yeah. You know, this is when you have to. Crack the flask open 
to reveal what's inside because now it, it's all solidified. Yeah, you got some nice. You got a whole brand new thing in there. Clear crystal methamphetamine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is enlightenment, if you will. This this is the great work. This is the union of you with the divine. This is the realization of your true spiritual nature. This is methamphetamine. This is everything you've been working for. <laughs> yeah. If conjunction was the element of earth. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and then you have to go over the process again, right? Yeah. This is your second birth, right? Th this is you coming back to earth again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when you realize that all of this stuff, all of this spiritual transformation that you've done, now you have to apply that like to your actual life, you know, and take it with you and do something with it. Yeah, because kind of con conjunction implies two things coming together and then moving apart. Right. Maybe just touching. Yeah, touch coagulation is now it's all combined. Meshing together and... Right. Yeah. Now you can actually use all of that stuff and it, it it's integrated it's not like you're trying to be better and you know the things that you need to do. Now that's second nature to you. Right. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's real like you you've actualized all of the work oh, yeah and it, it's in practice and now it's integrated oh yeah so now would you care to tell us the tale of rapunzel or at least we're gonna go over the first part and then we'll talk about it and then we'll talk about the second part absolutely where magic and mystery intertwined there lived a husband and wife who longed for a child their house overlooked a lush garden filled with the most enchanting flowers and herbs this wondrous garden, however, was not theirs. It belonged to a fearsome and powerful witch named Dame Gothel. One day, the wife gazed out the window, her eyes landing on a patch of rampion, also known as Rapunzel, a plant with glossy leaves and bright purple flowers. The rampion beckoned her, and an insatiable craving overtook her. Unable to resist, she begged her husband to fetch some of the delicious plant for her. In the shadow of night... The husband scaled the garden wall, careful not to alert the witch to his presence. He plucked some rampion for his wife, and she devoured it with delight. Alas, her craving only grew stronger, and the following night the husband returned to the garden for more rampion. As he carefully picked the leaves, a cold voice pierced the silence. How dare you steal from my garden? It was none other than Dame Gothel. Beautiful witch voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the witch who guarded her garden, guarded her garden fiercely. The husband, trembling with fear, fell to his knees and begged for mercy. He explained his wife's cravings and their desire for a child. The witch's eyes sparkled with mischief, and she struck a terrible bargain. She agreed to take as much rampion as, the, as his wife desired, but only if they promised to give her their firstborn child. Desperate, the husband agreed to the witch's terms. It's stupid. You people suck. So fucking stupid. You suck. Bad parents. Soon after... The witch gave birth to a beautiful baby girl with hair as golden as the sun. True to her word, 
Dame Gothel appeared to claim the child. She named baby Rapunzel after the rampion that had brought her into their lives, and took her away to a secret tower hidden deep in the heart of the forest. All because she wanted, what, some fucking, like, shit carrots or something? Really? Jesus Christ. As Rapunzel grew, so did her, so did her hair, until it was a magnificent, magnificent cascade of golden locks that reached the ground. Dame Gothel kept her locked away in the tower, with no doors or stairs, only a tiny window at the very top. Whenever the witch wished to visit Rapunzel, she would call out, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. And the girl would lower her long golden tresses, allowing the witch to climb up to the window. Jesus Christ. And so, Rapunzel's days passed, a prisoner in the tower, her only company the birds and squirrels that visited her window. She sang songs to pass the time, her voice echoing through the forest, enchanting all who heard it. Little did she know that her life was about to change forever and set her on a path of adventure, love, and self-discovery. Oh, little did she know. Mm. Well, what? God. If I was Rapunzel, I'd be like, first of all, why was I even born? Yeah, what the fuck was the point of me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that sucks. So, it all sucks. Right. So calcination, you know, burn, baby, burn. Uh, prima materia, the, the starting material. Yeah. The base substance from which all other materials are derived, that black soil. That's that's what we're working with here. Sure. Calcination, like we brought up before. Have you ever seen the movie Under the Skin? Nope. God. It's really good. But in it, if you have seen it, that black void that Scarlett Johansson takes her victims to, I kind of imagine prima materia as that. Just like this big old black void some know, bullshit swirling chaos that all of the everything's hidden and buried in it you can't make anything out in it it's just a big old black nothing everything emptiness but within that is the potential for transformation so the beginning of rapunzel this is where you know we're gonna start the the process the alchemical process right off the bat this is where the material world is broken down, the spark of fire that starts the journey of transformation. And to me, this is the consequences of the husband's actions. Because think about who's getting burned in Rapunzel. First of all, Rapunzel is. Yeah. And her parents. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? The couple's material desires, right? Their craving for the plant, their desire to have a child, all these desires that they have. Yeah. And... How they're willing to steal, you know, in order to to make their desires come true. How they're willing to strike a, a bargain with this this witch, you know? Like, why are you doing that? Hungry, I guess. Yeah, they really want it and they're not thinking about the long-term consequences. And that has long-term consequences for their child. It's like fucking generational trauma. It's right there. Like, before she's even born, she's fucked. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like... Parents get burned. They they get their punishment. They got to surrender their child to the witch, you know? And in a way, it's almost like this idea that their actions have consequences is a form of purification. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you know, the law of karma, these actions have consequences. Well, even just like in that, I mean, especially in fairy tale realm, I, I won't take it to a parenting realm, but as a like a dungeon master and a DM and in D and D, right? Like if you're if you're running an RPG, like one of the first things you do to make a good game is you make fucking sure your players understand that actions have consequences. Yep. You bop them on the nose when they do something stupid. 
but not too hard because you want them to keep doing slightly stupid things because right. it's fun. But it's like, you don't, if you want to have a child, you don't make a deal that, oh, well, I'll make sure that you have a baby if you give it to me. Like, excuse me, what? It's just like, um, Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that. What are we doing? I don't think that fucking, uh, the parents were, were after just the literal act of childbirth. Yeah. I'm not sure that's something anyone's really that into. If you don't get, you know, a baby out of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, what What was the point of any of that? So Rapunzel- Don't steal from rich bitches' gardens. No. No, really. So yeah, Rapunzel's taken. And I like to think of almost as if, um, instead of thinking of Rapunzel like the protagonist, which is also- a fun thing to do in one way of reading it. I almost like to think of all of the characters within the story as different, like, limbs of a person, as if the story itself is a character. And all of these are just aspects of the story itself. Well, I mean, I think that's always true with every story. And it is true. So, the book I'm slowly working on, every single... Every part of that is an aspect of myself, you know? Right. It becomes very clear when you're working on something for a while. So I'm thinking about, like, I'm thinking about the tower also that she's just thrown into. Because what does this witch even want her for? I mean, I guess she helps out. I don't know. But really, she's just kind of thrown into this tower and she's kind of just there to be controlled, you know? Yeah, she's there to be a pet. Yeah, just a pet, more or less. Love pets, like, that's a theme. Like locked in a cage, basically. Just, you saw that with the Tin Man and shit? Yeah. Because you know? it doesn't seem like Rapunzel ever leaves the tower. No, she's just there anything. for the witch to come fuck come with, visit I guess. Her and be like, hey, so you're still here, right, my little pet? Haha, ha, okay, good. You're going to love me and be with me forever, right? You're, you'll never leave me? Okay, bye. I'll be back tomorrow to make sure that you haven't left me. <laughs> like, okay. So this tower, it's like, it is like the blackness that envelops Rapunzel. It's confinement. It's the constraints of, of society, the imprisonment of her soul. Like, she has no role in the world. She just exists to be there. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the tower is sort of the, it's the place where the suspension happens, the disillusion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the tower is... A really important part of Rapunzel's story because as we look at the previous iterations of Rapunzel and where her tale comes from, like the golden hair, the long hair, that's that's unique to this story, but the tower. Oh, the tower shows up all the fucking time. Very recurring. Tower of Babel. For tower example. of Babel. Yeah. You know, the people of Babylon, they're attempting to build a tower tall enough to reach heaven and create their own reality separate from God's intention. You know? They want to go to heaven. God doesn't like that because you're supposed to be on earth, little humans. Yeah. So in response, God's like, all right, um, no more universal language. You're all going to talk, speak differently and you're not going to be able to communicate and cooperate effectively. And now that's going to lead to the tower's destruction because you're not, you're not coming up to heaven. Sorry. And he just collapses this constructed reality that humans are trying to build in order to bridge themselves with the divine. He's like, no, that is not your place, actually. That's one of my absolute favorite, uh, favorite stories. So it's like, I can see why some readings of that would cast, you know, 
God is a bad guy. Like, why are you doing that? We just want to get to heaven. But no, 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 because now you're free. You're free to develop your own identities, your own way of life. Enjoy your life on earth. You know, you can wait until you're dead. Right. So I feel like the tower for Rapunzel is very much like it's like the Tower of Babel. When she leaves the tower, it's almost like this collapse of the constructed reality. Right. She's now free to live a life that is her own, separate from someone else's fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the, uh, in the Tower Tarot card. Exactly, is that, yes. It's the... Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, it's not necessarily like uh, someone else's fantasy. It could be your fantasy. It could be your, it's your construct, you know? Right. It's the thing you've built, the artifice, the edifice, the fucking... It's that, that thing that you have built and you sit on top of and say, this is mine. This is an extension of me, this life, this work, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the lesson of the tower tarot card is like what happens when that's smashed the fuck apart yeah um the tower does that come right before death too no tower 16 it comes after death okay. uh, death is 13 yeah they're both like different forms of of death renewal shattering of the old yeah i mean towers but the tower is also like tower's a personal fuck you it's a very personal card it's a very like death is like pretty metaphorical in, right. a, in a lot of senses, uh, but the tower is like, oh, you're fucked. The tower is a shattering of illusions. Yeah. The tower is like, shit is not the way you thought it was. It all gonna come crashing down. Yeah. It's usually one of the more prescient and predictive tarot cards I've found, at least for me. It's one of, one of the Definitely. one of the ones where like if it shows up, it's like, oh fuck, all right, let's go. Right. So like this burning, this fire, the calcination stage for Rapunzel, I see that as her origins, the way that she came into being, you know, like, it's not good. I can't imagine that, that she's very satisfied. No. You know? I mean, I also, like, what, I almost want to wait till the end of the story to talk about, like, I forget what happens at the end and shit. Oh, should we just read it all now? Because I was going to say, okay, so the calcination is the very beginning and then dissolution this is her... Her in, life inside the tower. Her life inside the tower, yeah. exactly. This is where her potential lays dormant. Yeah. You know, this is her inner world inside the tower. Yeah, like, definitely. Like the tower's a flask. Yeah. And she's inside of it. The, the ash of her past, her experiences, it's all been submerged in water and, and she's just, she's here. Yeah. She's isolated from the outside world and she starts to make art. She starts to create. She finds solace and creative expression and she starts singing. Yeah. And these are artistic outlets allow her to access and explore her emotions, to gain a deeper understanding of her situation, herself, something to pass the time with, something that she can be good at. Absolutely. And through her creative expression, Rapunzel breaks down some of the rigid structures that have confined her because it's through this singing that she meets the prince, right? Yeah. That she's going to meet the prince because he's going to hear her. And that's going to be one of the first people that she ever fucking sees besides for the witch. Like, yeah, yeah. He's secluded. And I think that that's lovely and so appropriate to the dissolution stage is like using art and creative expression to unlock parts of yourself that you didn't know were there. And that can for then sure. be the bridge that helps you to separate those aspects of yourself that maybe you you want to let go of so that you can grow more. 100%. Art yeah. has helped me do that in my life a lot. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay. Now for the second part of the story. All right. 
One fateful day, a prince rode through the forest, captivated by the haunting melody that drifted through the trees. Following the enchanting voice, he discovered the hidden tower where Rapunzel was kept. He watched in awe as Dame Gothel called out, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair, and climbed the golden ladder to the window above. Once the witch had left, the prince, filled with courage and longing, approached the tower and called out the same words, Rapunzel! <laughs> Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair! Hesitantly, Rapunzel let down her tresses, and the prince climbed up to the small window. At first, Rapunzel was frightened, for she had never laid eyes on another human being, apart from Dame Gothel, but the prince's gentle manner and kind heart soon won her trust. He told her tales of the world outside the tower, a world she had never seen. They laughed and talked, and as the sun dipped below the horizon, the prince reluctantly took his leave, promising to return again. I'll be back, Rapunzel. <laughs> Over the following weeks, the prince visited Rapunzel whenever Dame Gothel was away. They shared stories and dreams, and their friendship blossomed into love. Rapunzel's heart ached for the freedom she had never known, and together they devised a plan to escape the tower. Each time the prince visited, he brought with him a, a skein of silk, which Rapunzel carefully wove into a ladder. They knew their time was limited, for if Dame Gothel discovered her their secret, all would be lost. But fate can be cruel, and one day as Rapunzel conversed with the witch, she carelessly revealed the prince's visits. Dame Gothel's eyes burned with fury, and she cut off Rapunzel's golden hair casting the girl out into the wilderness to fend for herself. Wait, so she just kicked her out? Yeah. Bye, bitch. So, problem solved. You would think. All right. When the prince arrived for his next visit, Dame Gotha was waiting. She fastened Rapunzel's severed hair to a hook and let, let it down when the prince called. As he climbed, he realized too late the treachery that had befallen him. Oh, no. The witch cackled as she revealed Rapunzel's fate and sent the prince tumbling from the tower where he was blinded by thorns that grew at its base. Yeah, I oh, full of thorns, blinded. Fucking A. Separated and heartbroken, Rapunzel and the prince wandered the wilderness, their only solace, the memory of their love. But destiny had not abandoned them, for one day, as the prince stumbled through a desolate valley, he heard a familiar voice singing a mournful song. It was Rapunzel, and her voice guided him to her. As they embraced, Rapunzel's tears fell upon the prince's sightless eyes and the magic within them restored his vision. United once more, they vowed never to part again. Together, they journeyed back to the prince's kingdom, where they were welcomed with open arms, and they lived happily ever after. And so, through their love, courage, and determination, they broke the chains that bound them and embraced the freedom they had longed for. In the end, it was their unwavering faith in each other that guided them through the darkest of times and into the light of a new beginning. Isn't it beautiful? Beautiful. So beautiful. So yeah, like, after dissolution comes separation, and I mean, that's pretty obvious. The separation starts as soon as she meets the prince and realizes, oh shit, there's more out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. and also, ooh, I kind of like him. Like, this person's very different from me. I mean, he's a prince. He's seen the world. He's His life is so different from hers. And she's so different from him. You know, like, she's up in her little tower singing songs and... He's totally just enchanted by that. You know, like, yeah, who yeah. is this mysterious woman? I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah, I know how it'd be. It'd be like so, that sometimes. The separation process, that pretty much begins as soon as they start devising their plan to escape, you know? Yeah. And the conjunction, I mean, that's obvious. That's that's them. That's their union. Well, it's their, it's their meeting and then... And how they finally, this gives her the courage to overcome her circumstances. Mm -hmm. and be like, 
oh shit, I have another choice. Yeah. I don't have to just mm-hmm. stay here. You know, there's, there's more. I have agency. So it's like this, this reconciliation of their counterparts, which is each other, you know, Rapunzel who admires the prince's freedom and adventure and, and nobility and worldliness and him admiring her capacity for artistic expression and, and beauty. This marriage of opposites is crucial for this stage conjunction. The process of individuation and self-realization, you have to have a union with the opposite. You have to recognize that, I mean, I was thinking today, I, I was having a moment of trouble where I could not overcome being paralyzed by just feeling shitty, feeling like I can't get anything done. And I realized, oh, well, sitting in my bed alone is not doing me any good. I can't think my way out of this. I need to talk to somebody else. So you really can't ever think your way out of things. It doesn't (laughs) work. It doesn't fucking work, dude. So you know what I did? I reached out for some support. And as soon as I got it, felt fucking better, gave me the push I needed to overcome those shitty feelings. Yep. Like, in order to individuate, you also got to connect. Yep. Yeah. It's true. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that that has to happen in a vacuum only by yourself and it doesn't happen there. There's no, Absolutely there's no way not. for it to happen there. Especially they, like, well, I was going to say, go ahead, go ahead. Just uniting with the opposite. Yeah. Well, like you see like Rapunzel fucking, it's after she, like she wouldn't have had the, you know, maybe it's carelessness, but it's almost more courage to tell the witch like, oh, this prince been visiting me and shit. Yeah. Right. Like it's a, it's a consequence of the expanded worldview. Right. Yeah. And that's the fermentation process is the, the souring of the previous situation. Precisely. Because that's the fermenting agent, the witch's disapproval. Right. She now knows. Or I would say that the fermenting agent is Rapunzel informing the witch. That's what, that's what starts the, the fermentation. Yeah. Is this openness, you know, this change in her life. Has started to change everything, and you know, like the loss of her hair. Yeah, things being go to shit. Off. Um, her exile into the wilderness. This is all like the death of her old self, the beginning of her rebirth. You know, and meanwhile, the the prince who's lost his sight. You know, he's detached from external reality altogether now. He's he's really like. Hey, what happened? I can't see no more. Yeah, he's he's about to descend into his dark night of the soul, yeah. you know, the distillation phase when they're separated, you know? they're. This is, like I said, they're under pressure. He's wandering blindly in search of her, doesn't know where he's going, doesn't know how to get home, and in a way, he's a lot like her because she's never left the tower. So sure, she's free, but she doesn't know where the fuck to go. I mean, she's, she doesn't know her way around. She doesn't know anybody. Like... They're both lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, it's like in the conjunction stage, things connect and bounce off of each other, but while leaving apart with the other half. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, it's like the part in the rom-com where they can almost get together. You know, that's the conjunction stage where it seems like, oh, what what a great couple, like the, the meet cute happens and oh, but now the the evil ex-girlfriend is in the picture or like whatever, whatever rom-com trope is the fermenting agent. Like that's the thing that, that keeps it from happening at first. Hey, you call it a trope. I call it a real life adventure. It's true. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're distilling, you know, they're heating and cooling. They're, um, 
The prince is just blindly journeying deeper and deeper into the, the forest, you know? <laughs> and I'm sure as as he's doing that, he's having some real deep thinks about life, about what he wants out of it. <laughs> I don't I'm, know why I've just made this dude into like a meat-headed Sylvester Stallone in my fucking head. I know, like, my God. <laughs> the poor guy, he's just walking into trees. Yeah, 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 stubbing his toe. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm a prince. No, but him being blinded, it's like, it's perfect for this stage because this is, you know, your deep introspection. Sure. Like, your deep, dark night of the soul. You know? They're confronting their their inner demons. They're, they're forced to confront their doubts, their fears. I mean, everything that they thought could go wrong, might have gone wrong from them meeting, has gone wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She now... Nothing is the same at all. She's lost. She doesn't have her love. She's, she's fucked. She doesn't know that things are ever going to change either. You know, as right. far as she knows, she's lost forever. And uh, where well are her be. parents? Where are her parents? I mean, she, you know? Yeah. And by all accounts, so is he, you know? He's blinded. Oh, yeah. In real life, like the wolves would have gotten him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Real quick. So this is about the, the worst that things can get for them. But, like we said, she has this gift of song, this love of music. So, of course, as she's wandering around, she's just like she did in the tower to soothe herself. She's she's singing. The pure essence is the thing that... Yep. The, yeah, got it. Yep. And with that, with her song, again, just like how he found her the first time, they're reunited through that same thing. Right. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it really kind of is. Yeah. And, um, of course, her tears at being reunited with him is the thing that restores his sight. It's like they're imbued with magical powers. And through this act of, of coming together, all the pain that they went through, this is now the complete union. You know, inner masculine and feminine have, have been merged together now is the emergence of the, the capital S self, you know? Like, yeah. they can be who they are now. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, but really, like, it's so fucking corny, but that is kind of what it, like, boils down to. Sure. Yeah. It's power of love. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the self-love to start the process of examining your past, finding a fucking hobby, something that you can do with your time, and then using that to meet others that can then help you grow, form connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell me all about it. Chained to my fucking keyboard eight days a week. <laughs> <laughs> I have to That's take the power of love. Okay, so like I brought up earlier, I want to think of the story itself like as a character. Sure. As a person, like, in history. Yeah. You know, the story of Rapunzel, it's been passed down through the centuries, adapted, transformed by different cultures, traditions, kind of like alchemy, you know? Like many things. Yes. Uh, so one of the first, the first connection that I could find, the first story that resembled the Rapunzel story is the legend of St. Barbara. Dates all the way back to the, the third century, and it's the story of a Christian martyr who gets locked in a tower mm, mm -hmm. by her pagan father to protect her from the outside world. And nowadays, 
I guess, like, I don't know. It seems like St. Barbara's pretty highly venerated. Like, people dig her. She's supposed to... You call upon her for protection if you're, like, in the military. I've never heard of St. Barb. Me either. Yeah. But she's martyr and one of the 14 holy helpers in the Catholic Church. Do you know about the 14 holy helpers? Like, I fucking, sh- I fucking should, <laughs> you know? Yeah, says who? What's my hyper-Catholic family? Yeah. Not my immediate family, but the rest of them. Hyper-Catholic grandma. I like to think that it, they're just like, this original superhero stuff, the 14 holy helpers, they're just like the Avengers, but of the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. I mean, Catholic Church is all about that shit. Yeah. They fucking, yeah. And St. Barbara's one of them. Her story takes place in the city of Heliopolis, you know, in the Eastern Roman yeah. Empire, yeah, yeah. modern day Lebanon or Turkey. So this girl, Barbara, she's the daughter of a rich pagan dude named Dioscorus. Her dad's super overprotective, locks her up in this tower because she's really pretty, you know? Okay. <laughs> but here's the kicker. Barbara, she's in this tower. She secretly becomes Christian. There's a point where her her dad's like, oh, I'm going to install a bathroom for her and we're going to put in two windows. But when the people come to install the bathroom, put in the windows, she goes, oh, actually, he wanted three windows for the Holy Trinity so that she could use the bathroom to like worship in. So he comes and he sees the bathroom and he's like, why are there three windows? I wanted two. And she goes, three, because I'm, I'm Christian. I'm like, okay. There's, I mean, there's only, there's only one way that could have happened. Yeah. She fucked the Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's at this point, like she runs away for the first time. And she seeks refuge, and and then the shepherd finds her and, and tells her dad like where where she is. So she has to go back home to her family. Her family tries to marry her off a bunch of times, and she's like, "No, I'm good. Don't really want to really want to get married. Kind of married to Christ already." Like I said, um, she fucked the Jesus. Yeah. So she gets dragged before this local government guy, Martinianus, and she she gets tortured every night by him. You know, she's just kind of. She was in a tower. Now she's in a cage. She's just getting tortured every night, getting burned. But every time she would get tortured and beaten, whatever, she wakes up the next day completely fine. Totally healed. Sounds like Prometheus. Yeah. Also, you sure it's not pronounced Martini Anus? (laughs) Martini Anus. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it's spelled. Yes, that is how it's spelled. (laughs) Sorry. I'm in a stupid mood today. I'm in a... I'm, I'm in a... No mood. I'm in a weird mood. You're in a fine mood. Yeah. So they've got torches, right? They're trying to burn her. These torches just burn out, or they don't even light the second that they try to touch her. You know? Mm. And finally, she gets sentenced to be beheaded. Oh, shit. You know? Because killing her by other means is just not working. Like, the Holy Spirit is fucking it up every time they try to kill her. And her father is the guy to do it. This guy's so fucked up. Like, he locks her away. I mean, he tortures her. Yeah, he like, sounds like he sucks. He absolutely sucks. And because he can't control her, he decides to cut her head off. Right. But as he's walking home after cutting her head off, she dies. Oh, Rest in peace, St. Barbara. That's why she's a, a martyr for Jesus. Right, right. His body gets struck by lightning and he goes up in flames. So his body gets struck by lightning. Yeah, fun, that was a funny way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets struck by lightning. Yeah, just say that. Yeah, he gets struck by lightning. 
uh, goes up into flames. Word. So. To get smote. Yeah. Yeah. So Barbara, you know, I guess she's kind of a boss bitch too in that, I don't know, she's willing to, she's willing to escape even not knowing like what's going to happen and she stands up for what she believes in and like I mean like whatever. Cool. Like, what, like, I mean, like whatever. Whatever. I like to think, I mean, that's a very Christian story and I think that that's interesting to note. Is that this is a story that's about how if you trust in Jesus, if you rely on the Holy Spirit, then like your enemies will be smited. But you'll also get your head cut off. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll also like die a brutal death. Sometimes you gotta die for it. But but you might become one of the 14 holy helpers. Just sounds like more servitude. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, you know, she's the patron saint of, like I said, um, military men, miners, architects, engineers. No, it's the tower. Yeah, protect her against lightning and sudden death. Okay. She's invoked during storms for protection. I like it. Yeah. I like that, yeah. And also for ensuring a holy and peaceful death. Even though, like, was her death very peaceful? She got her head chopped off by her father. Yo, I'm just going to say, it's a fucked up thing to have a saint for. Yeah. Like a listed power. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. She has the power of, of lightning. Like, it's honestly, like... A fine thing to pray for. Like, you know, you don't want to think about it, but like, it's something everyone wants. But it's just kind of like, damn, Catholics are brutal. Yeah. They've got a saint to ensure a holy and peaceful death. So one of the holy helpers? Fucking A. Yep. Hard fucking core. So several, (laughs) several hundred years later in Italy, the 16th century tale comes out, Petrocinella, by Jim Battista Basile. And this is published in his collection of fairy tales titled The Tale of Tales. Mm. And in this story, you got a pregnant woman who really wants some parsley. She goes to, to an ogress's garden. Oh, an ogress. There you go. Yeah. She gets caught stealing. Notice this time, it's the pregnant woman herself doing the stealing, not yeah. her husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's an ogress and yeah. it's parsley. Now... So the child is born, and even though the ogress said, like, I want your unborn child, Petrosinella doesn't go to the ogre and, until she's seven. All right. So there's, like, this delay between birth and, and being locked away. That's a fairly common thing in fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah. So at age seven, she gets taken away by the ogress and locked up in the tower, and then, you know, she escapes the ogress with the help of a prince. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hundred years later, seventeenth century. Now we're in France. Got another tale. This time by Charlotte Rose de Comont de la Force, penned Personette. Okay. Yes. This one is slightly more close to the Grimm brothers, Rapunzel. This one is about you know, young girl named Personette. She's given to a fairy. This time it's a fairy, not an ogress or a witch. Right. As payment for stealing parsley from the fairy's garden. Persimmon or persimmon, persimony. Is it another name for part? Something like that? Is another Is name it? for, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's something, it's something like that. Huh. So yeah, you know, fairy puts her in a tower, locks her in there, and, you know, prince discovers her, they plot their escape, did blah, 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 happily ever after. Yeah. So, you know... By the time the the Brothers Grimm introduced Rapunzel to Germany in the 19th century, this story has already, like, 
evolved quite a lot over a long ass period of time. Yeah, sure. And so now you got the long golden hair, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. And yeah. But the core narrative, this young woman trapped in a tower, you know, her journey to freedom, how she finds it through a young man, whether that's Jesus or a prince. <laughs> that's what happened. Prince of peace. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Jesus? Was Jesus the prince of peace? It, is that what he's known as? God, I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> so it's like, again, the alchemical process is reflected in the evolution of the story itself, just like the etymology of the word alchemy. It's like this idea of something becoming condensed, something transforming with time, depending on what country it's in, depending on like what, like the, the Christian aspect of the story is more or less been stripped away, right? Right. But, you know, what remains is like, don't, don't fuck with, don't fuck with non-human forces, whether that's an ogress, a fairy, or a witch. Like, just don't. Or a drunk dad. Yeah. 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 Imbibing spirits. I don't even know if he was drunk. Well, he's a pagan. Right. Yeah. The pagan father. The pagan, so that's the witch ogress thing. Yeah, that's the same thing. Right, because the story of St. Barbara is a Catholic tale, so yeah. the pagan father is like the witch. Yeah, the pagan shit represents the same thing that the witch and ogress do. Precisely. And fairy, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's interesting that in our metaphorical rereading of, of the story, the hair didn't come up. Well, it does, because that's that's the thing that, you know, she gets it cut off. Yeah, but it's like more of a plot device. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the bridge that allows her to connect with other people when she's in the tower. Like, it's literally the thing that the witch and the prince use to enter her space. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're going to... Yeah, yeah, it's a part of... Yeah, it's the... mm, And she no longer needs it when she leaves the tower. Here we go. It's the fucking... It's the part of herself that connects to the outside world. Yeah. Right? Uh, An innate trait that she has nothing to do with. It's also... There's a... Something you could read into this, I'm fucking sure. The witch using it to imitate her mm-hmm. as a... Uh, I can't go too far. I'm just going to leave it there. You know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. It's like, why does the witch want her even? Like, why is she so hellbent on, on doing these little games? Like- fairy tale witches are insane. Yeah. They- it makes more sense for it to be a fairy. Because mm-hmm. their, you know, their desires and the reasons they do things are inhuman and just like incomprehensible as a matter of course right we don't know why they want the things they do it doesn't yeah well it also reminds me of nimi ami in our um tin man episode how she was enslaved by a witch until the tin man came and rescued her i mean it's literally the same fucking thing that's uh, absolutely the same thing i was i was thinking of the uh fucking witch that made them all pets but i I totally forgot about the yeah no i mean the whole reason why the tin man was turned into a tin man is because he's trying to rescue his love from being enslaved by a witch. Oh, that's definitely influenced by Rapunzel. 100%. Yeah. It's the same thing as losing his sight. You know? Right. Interesting. Losing his head. Boy lost his head. He can't see. Yeah, he, he still sees, new- yeah. you know. We don't do that. It breaks down after a little bit with the dead man, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm drawn to the story of Rapunzel. I like the idea of the, the haircutting too. It makes me think about, um, you know, there's kind of a a little thing that women do sometimes when they're they're going through a rough period. Maybe a breakup just happened. I'm going to change my hair. I'm going to have a big hair change. 
Some don't, but the exception proves the rule. Yeah. Or, um... I mean, I'd do the same fucking shit, dude. I think about... I'd do the same goddamn thing. It's I th- fine. I think about when Britney Spears broke down because she was fucking sick of everybody always touching her hair, telling her what to do. And finally, she, she's had enough. She, you know, waltzes into a hair salon and says, guess what? I'm buzzing it all off. Nobody's touching my hair anymore. Hair is a symbol of power for a lot of people. Samson. Yeah, truly. All the strengths in his hair. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's, you know, golden hair, too. Well, yeah, there's the, yeah. The gold was inside her all along. Oh, she didn't need her hair. <laughs> so, let's think about the death card. Because the, the death card is not... It's, it's a card of transformation. Death. Yeah, it never... You know... It never refers to physical death. Very... It doesn't. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Very yeah. rarely. Well, it only in the case that the physical death means what the death card means, right? Right. Like, and it also, it makes me think about how um, oftentimes when a death or a loss occurs, it can be a powerful period of realizing what's most important in life. 100%. You know, like that feeling of after you go to a funeral and you just think of all the fucking people that you should call. All- or all the fucking people you don't need to call anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The people that you'd like to spend more time with. Yeah. Get your priorities straight and shit. Yeah. Try to make something of yourself before fucking uh, the Reaper comes for you. Truly. You know? um, th- and like in the in the Thoth deck, there's a, it's a much more alchemically pictured card with it. You know, it's an underwater scene and there's like decaying fish yeah. and shit. Like it, it has that. And, and there's like shit life coming out of that decay. Right. Right. Like that. It, that's very clearly presented in the in the Thoth deck because that's kind of. You know, the Reaper, the, the skeleton with the with the scythe is the mechanism by which that process keeps going. Mm-hmm. The life and death and life out of death and death out of life and life out of death, so on and so forth. The Reaper is the engine that keeps that thing going. Totally. You know? And, you know, and in that way, like, you know, it's just kind of very clearly referring to everything we've been talking about, just the entire process of transformation itself, yeah. you know? The death of old beliefs, the death of old ways of being. Yeah, death of whatever, death um, of everything. It's it's a uh, it's another formula type thing, like we were talking about on the uh, Patreon episode, the book of book of Jean, the of uh, a formula of of looking at things, right? right. And that Rapunzel is kind of like a formula. I mean, it, or it's at least it's a you can see the like sort of Jungian interpretation of alchemy as another magical formula. Right. Which is, and of course, none of these are ever going to be pitch perfect every time. Like, they're all flawed. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Tower of Babel. This is a great example of why that. That's sort of the metaphor of that story. Right. It's why none of these formulas can ever be perfectly true. But it's... I mean, basically, e- extrapolating all of the the details, the formula in Rapunzel is like, have loneliness, add courage and love, add art, equals... A chance at better life. Bad shit. Self-reflection. Yeah. Expression. Meeting the other. Bouncing off the other. Taking something from the other. Using that to ferment, destroy the current situation. Yep. Then realizing, oh, fuck, what have I done? And then coming back together with the other, but more open and ready for the coagulation. For the for yeah. the, the temperance, right? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Rapunzel's absolutely a wonderful look at that process yeah yeah so i don't know i want to implore our listeners to you know think again about the whole three audiences thing and think about you know what is your personal tower 
what are the the belief structures and the rigid things that that you reside in what is the darkness surrounding you what what would you like to break free of also another thing is tower isn't inherently a bad thing absolutely not it's just impermanent mm-hmm. is i think the thing like you can you can love the towers you build but you like you can't attach your soul to them i don't think right yeah i love a good lighthouse you know i love a good tower mm-hmm. can't last forever though I'm literally a fucking stair builder. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. So. Does that do it? That'll do it for us. Hell yeah. Oh, that was was great. Except for the queen. But everything else was great though. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, folks. If you like what we do, we have a Patreon. We do. We have a bonus series over there called the Corkboard Bazaar. The episode on that this week, um is a, another interview with my roommate, Cody, who was spent the last few months over in Ukraine. He was in Bakhmut, and we're going to talk about what he can talk about from that and like kind of answer some questions. Um, yeah, we're just going to have a conversation about that. That'll be out this week. Mm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, me too. Me too. We, the two of us haven't even... We haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, And also, like Cody and I, shit's been so hectic that we haven't even really... like gotten to have that talk yet so yeah so that'll be good yeah you can get that patreon.com slash nonsense bizarre get access to our discord also and all the cool folks that hang out over there and um yeah just uh, this is uh, this wasn't even the washing off of the grease for me like we actually put this in the middle of the puharic series recorded it yeah yeah so i gotta get back to the grease (laughs) i feel so greasy (laughs) i'm feeling really greasy right now (laughs) yeah because this wasn't our cleansing of the grease. Yeah. This was, oh God. <laughs> if you want also, please leave us a rating and review on whatever app platform you listen to. Tell your friends. My goodness, we would sure appreciate it. We would. We sure would. Yeah, fuck yeah. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We love you. Take care of yourselves. Take care. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>